Hey everyone, welcome to the Steve Hilton Show. Um, our guest today is someone I've been wanting to talk to for ages. It's kind of weird that we haven't met, actually, because um, he's such an important figure, uh, not just here in California, across the country. He's become very well known um, as a crime fighter. And of course, crime is such a massive issue now, everywhere. Uh, we were trying to get him, we tried to get him on the show before, and it hasn't worked out for scheduling reasons. And then I remember one time, um, more than once, actually, I think he was going to be my guest on my Fox show. And that didn't work out. We had some technical problems. So for a, a long, long time, I have been dying to have this conversation. So I'm really happy to say that he is joining us today, Sheriff Alex Villanueva from Los Angeles, um, who is now embarked on a new political venture. He has just announced that he is running in the election next year for the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors, which is an incredibly important role, as we are about to discover. Here he is. So he was a very exciting moment for me. Last week, I was driving around LA. I live up in the Bay Area, but I'm often in Los Angeles. And I was driving around, I was listening to the radio, and it came on the air. Sheriff Villanueva has announced that he is running for the Board of Supervisors in Los Angeles County in the elections next year. And I thought, that is just the best news, because you are such a powerful voice an effective voice when you were there um, running the sheriff's department. Um, and I think a lot of people want to see you back in a position to actually make the kind of changes you want to make. Uh, so I thought that was great. Um, and here you are joining us uh, right at the beginning of your campaign. Uh, tell us the story, how you came to make the decision to run for the Board of Supervisors. Um, and what's your pitch to the voters of LA County? Well, pretty simple. I left office December of twenty. 22, I left the department that was in good standing, running appropriately. It only took nine months, and this new guy has just pretty much destroyed the place. You don't really recognize it anymore. And But let's set that aside, because this is about what the county does. And the Board of Supervisors, county government, is supposed to provide for the health, safety, and welfare of the community. Period. Full stop. They have left that idea behind so long ago. Because it all now is about virtue signaling and social experiments. And their biggest one was care first, jail last. So basically what it means in real life is crooks first, victims last. And we're seeing it play out on images on TV, on the news every day. The smashing grabs, these wanton acts of violence. Now uh, murder of a deputy sheriff up there in the high desert, or Ryan Klinkenbrummer, just example after example of a criminal justice system that has been altered by the Board of Supervisors, by a progressive uh, DA, George Gascon, the state legislature, and now all those chickens are coming home to roost. We have to stop this nonsense. We have to get back to the middle where everyone is at yeah. and start enacting common sense policies that are going to keep people safe and provide for the health and welfare. That's what exactly. we're supposed to do. Exactly. And, and we should make clear, you're a Democrat, right? That's uh, always important to note. Uh, but, and, and the reason that we, we sort of say that is because in the past, it wouldn't have been unusual. Um, you have Democrats who, as, as you as you just mentioned, in the center doing common sense things. But that seems to be very much not the pattern these days. And you have the Democrats typically off on the kind of far left. And so it's in a way surprising to hear a Democrat like yourself talking in these terms. And that itself is a shame. But can I ask you about, um, you know, your your reputation is a crime fighter. And Board of Supervisors, uh, you, you, you describe the, you know, the, the duty of the Board of Supervisors, which includes keeping people safe. But how would the 
how what is the role of the board of supervisors what can you specifically do there in terms of pushing forward on the on the crime fighting agenda well one thing i know what to do is not get in the way when people are doing their job probation department is a prime example of that the board always thought that well we know how to run the probation department so we're going to appoint whoever we want to sit down to run the probation department and we're mm -hmm. going to tell them how to do their job and they micromanage them to death to the point now that the probation department is in utter chaos. You have two of the three major juvenile halls that's supposed to house hundreds of juvenile detainees. They're shuttered. Why? Because the state ordered them because they were not in compliance with state law. They imposed a hiring freeze. While they were supposed to be hiring probation officers, they said, no, let's just do a hiring freeze and we're gonna we're gonna give the job to nonprofits and they can do the job of probation. Of course, state law said, no, you have to have a sworn probation officer supervising probationary um, you know, detainees. And that enraged the board. They didn't want to hear fact coming from their probation chair, so they fired the probation head. <laughs> That's their reaction to everything. They want to be in charge of everything, but they want to take responsibility for anything that goes wrong. And pretty much everything they touch goes really, really wrong. Do I need to even ex discuss the Metropolitan Transit Authority and taking a ride on the Metro what it looked like today? Really, it's a gamble of your life. And that is a product of the Board of Supervisors, their ideology that is so far left that it's, you can't even recognize it today as what a normal political party would, you know, describe as, yeah, their, their ideology. No, it's far removed and it's harming the community. We can put an end to this, and we have to install ins or install sanity, kind of like landing a beachhead in Normandy. We're now landing a beachhead of sanity in county government. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't agree more. And the thing that we got to remember, um, and I make this point on the show a lot because we, we focus on California, the, the county government is incredibly important. That It's not as high profile, you could say, as the mayor or an individual like you were as sheriff or the mayor or, or the governor, for example, statewide, but the counties have tremendous power. And LA County is the biggest in the country. What is it, 10 million people? You know, there's a huge responsibility there. And these people just for years now, especially during the pandemic, but increasingly on all these issues, have just got away with murder, it seems like. Yes, in fact, people should realize that LA is the largest county in the nation, 10 million. That's bigger than the population of 42 states. The budget of the county at $44 billion is probably bigger than the budget of at least 40 states. It's mm -hmm. run by five people, but most people don't even know who they are, what they do, but they're in charge of this whole thing. They have zero oversight, and they are just career politicians jumping from seat to seat, and they're never responsible for anything. They just fire the next guy who was whoever in charge of whatever happened. Oh, let's fire that guy, and then they move on to the next disaster. And they repeat it again and again. And then the county suffers. Look at homelessness. Oh, yeah. my God. Janice Hahn, the one who I'm challenging, she got an endorsement from Governor Newsom, the guy who invited invite everybody to the Golden State who was homeless. Remember that? Yeah. He says, and she's leading the charge to reduce homelessness. He actually said that with a straight face. Ugh. And she is responsible for more than doubling, probably tripling, the number of homeless people that are in L.A. County. It is amazing. And and in fact, as you say that, just the fact of you entering the race is a, in, in a way it's a kind of civic uh, bonus, isn't it? Because it'll 
put put some attention because on on the race because you're so well known um actually people might start to pay more attention to these incredibly important elections for the board of supervisors what is going tell us a little bit about the dynamics of the race that is it by district isn't it and it's janice yeah. hahn you mentioned she's the incumbent what what's it all looking like right now i know you're, you're right at the beginning but tell us a bit about the race well the east district has about two million residents district four is uh probably one of the more wealthier districts and it covers the eastern end of the county and the southern southern east corner of the county. It goes from San Pedro, Wilmington, in the you know, the harbor mm -hmm. area, all the way up to the southeast to La Habra Heights, where I live. I'm the farthest mm -hmm. north of the district. Four hundred eleven square miles. It has thirty-one uh, cities, and it has about I don't know about a dozen unincorporated communities. So two million residents spread out over this. The majority of the district is now Latino because when they mm -hmm. did the redistricting, a lot of the a lot of the cities changed hands. So now she's sitting on a majority Latino district, which is very important because it's very different group of voters that she's faced in the past. Interesting. So would you say that her is 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 what lies behind that 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 a lot of these far left ideologies they're typically you know favored by, you know, frankly, kind of upper class, rich, white liberals, Th that kind of crowd uh, goes in for this kind of stuff, whereas more working class people, and you're seeing the Latino population really leaving um, that that kind of mainstream Democratic Party that, you know, the, the normal, not, not yourself, because I think you represent something that they're moving towards, which is they want more common sense policies on everything, on crime, on schools, <laughs> on, on the economy in terms of, you know, the regulations on small business, on, you know, on everything. They want that kind of moderate, reasonable common sense policy agenda. Well, no, you're right on it, because a prime example, I mean, this is exactly what you're saying. The Board of Supervisors decides during Pride Month, let's hoist the Pride flag above the County Hall of Administration. And I'm sorry, there's many flags that go up on county buildings, but they're all they should be the U.S. flag and political subdivisions. No other flag goes on a county building. What if we put up a Christian flag? Imagine the outcry if we did mm -hmm. that. Or the uh, scarlet flag or a crescent flag of the Muslim flag, whatever. Imagine if we did that. So why on earth would sexual orientation have its flag be flown on top of the building? That is insane. And then they invite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to raise the flag with them. And they have a big old, you know, party about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, a group that openly mocks the Catholic faith, my faith, the faith of the overwhelming majority of the Latino voters in Johannes Hans district. And they thought that was okay. And I've said, no, that's not okay. It's offensive. And it does not mean that we cannot support LGBTQ rights. We can still support their rights, but that doesn't mean we're going to insult someone's faith in the process. This is common sense. And the board absolutely lacks it. And they're just tone deaf on what they're doing. So is Janice Hahn, you, does she have the kind of Democrat machine behind her, the big donors, all of that? Well, actually, the dynamics on that has changed as well because she's been campaigning now for over a year. She's raised about 300000 and change, which is not a whole lot in perspective. But there's a law, a state law that came into effect in January of this year 
that prohibits developers and people that have contracts with the county from donating to supervisors. And uh-huh. all of a sudden, the supervisor having a hard time raising cash. Gee, I wonder why. You know, that's you know that's the games have been Interesting. playing. Yeah, so now it kind of levels the playing field a bit, which is good. But as, when I ran for sheriff, I didn't have trouble raising money because people want to see, you know, someone in office that's going to provide for their safety. They're just not getting that with the current DA, the current sheriff, the current board of supervisors. It's just not happening. It's mm-hmm. not on their priorities for them. It's all about... How can we accommodate the criminal? How can we make their life easier? And they're not harmed by incarceration. Because for them, it's all about reducing the harm of being incarcerated. Seek care first, GLS. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and you see the results. I mean, it, you know, the quality of life is just collapsing. Um, I mean, one of the most shocking things I, I saw recently, I mean, every day we see these examples and you see the videos and everyone's just horrified, but it's a, it's a weird way of looking at it, I guess. But I was just reading a piece the other day in the New York times about the migrant crisis, the border crisis at the Southern border. And one of the things that jumped out at me was they were saying, you know, they, they were talking about some, some migrants being arriving on buses in Los Angeles and how actually, you know, the numbers are not that high and and, and, the, and it's not a crisis like it is in New York, they were saying. Um, but in the course of this article, they're saying that California used to be the top destination for, for migrants who are coming in illegally. They want to go to California and now they don't. <laughs> Even they know how bad it is and they want to go to New York or somewhere else. It's almost this sort of everyone knows um, how the, the basics have just collapsed in, in California, particularly in L.A. County. That was very true. I mean, L.A. County has roughly one million undocumented residents. One million. That's 10 percent of the total population. So if a migrant coming from Texas is bused to L.A., now they're in competition with a million other people for the same jobs and benefits and, you know, basically vying up the economic ladder. And the competition is a less severe in other parts of the country that doesn't have that saturation. And with sheriff, I made a clear distinction between local law enforcement and federal immigration enforcement. They mm-hmm. both need to do their job. They cannot do it together because you still have to have people that are undocumented report being victims of crime and all that. It doesn't happen. Yes. They view your local sheriff or your officer as an immigrant, you know, agent of immigration. Like, oh, shit, if I call, I can get deported. See, that does not work well. But we need immigration to do their job. We need to have a secure border. We need to definitely make sure both groups can do their job well. And the resolving the crisis at the border, it has to be paramount for the White House, for Congress. And right now, I don't see a solution. All I see is a mass wave of immigrants exactly. here. And the White House is telegraphing to the world, hey, come on. And that's why you see everyone, they're hearing it. And they're jumping on those trains, on those caravans, heading north because they're just going to bum rush the the border. And then now they're in everyone's backyard. And that they're creating a humanitarian crisis as we speak because of their actions. Exactly. Very, I, I thought you put that perfectly, every aspect of that. I couldn't agree more. Um, one thing that is interesting to me, uh, if I can put it like this, is how, how much they, they seem to really dislike you, the, the Democrat machine in, in Los Angeles. And I was, it was even when I was listening on the radio to the announcement that you were running last week, um, they were calling you Trump. <laughs> You're a Democrat, but they were calling you Trump. What do you make of that? One is a sign of desperation. They're scared to death. 
that whole thing about Trump, I was getting hate mail from the Trump administration because they were not in agreement with my stance on ICE. I think later on they came to respect it, and I think most conservatives understand this is grounded yeah. in public safety and practicality. And I think everyone is okay. That, that makes sense. But the far left really does not like the fact that the establishment in L.A. is through and through Democrat, corrupt to the core. Look at Mark Ridley Thomas. Look at Englander, yeah. Jose Wizar. The names go on and on. Current price now under indictment for corruption. The, the political machine in L.A. is corrupt to the core. That includes the Democratic Party, the local Democratic Party. That includes the mayor's office, city council, board of supervisors. It's a machine. I threaten that machine because I don't care. I'm already retired with a nice pension, and I could ride off into the sunset and say, you know what, deuces, peace out. But no, I care about the community I live in. I care about the county. I care about the residents. And I've been bombarded with uh, with emails and phone calls when I'm in public anywhere. People at restaurants like, oh, please, sir, do something. Run again. We need you. Don't go away. Heck, they want me to run for governor. I, I hear all this, and the need is there. It's obvious. And we have to do something. We cannot keep repeating the same failed experiments and expect a different result. I think Einstein supposedly said that's insanity. Well, that's L.A. right now, insanity. I mean, it, you're, you're so right. And actually, it's so important that you and, you know, I'm, I feel that, you know, we, we those of us who want to see positive change and we, we love this state and we love the cities we live in and we, we love California. We can't stand to see what's happening. We got to stand up and fight. So I really appreciate that you're getting back into the arena. That is fantastic. Um. And I think you're right. The, the way that they use it, it's so ridiculous when they use this kind of language. Um, I, it makes them look stupid. Well, here, here's an interesting fact you're, you're, you're going to laugh at. Just today, uh, one of my attorneys informed me that we won a case that was in the appellate court, a very important case, because the Board of Supervisors, they appointed a civilian oversight commission who didn't mm -hmm. care what my pre, the previous sheriff, Jim McDonald, did. They were indifferent. They don't care what the current guy did. They're indifferent. It was all about, oh, my God, Sheriff Ian Webb, he's a horrible human being. We have to stop him. There's deputy gangs running amok. We have to subpoena him. And we challenge the legality of their subpoenas because they're political in nature. We already given them everything. And they said, no, you're in contempt of court. They found the local judge to agree with them. Well, we took it to the appellate level. And the appellate level said, no, the judge is wrong. You're fine. And again, That's we a big always deal. followed. That was a very big deal. But. The local press will not report it. You won't see this in the LA Times. No, a, I mean, and, those and, hidden and things. Fact, you're right, and and they and again, I think they they were they were the 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 media who basically take the side of the Democrat machine that down there were were sort of implying that you know there's all this kind of shady stuff going on with you and so on, and yeah, as you've just laid it out, that's just not true. That's a smear. In fact, we've had 11 court cases, lawsuits, because the county found a way internally to find people that disagree with me. Hey, just sue the department and mm -hmm. we'll smear them with lawsuits. No, they organized. It was a very well-organized machine. I was getting served a lawsuit like every two or three weeks. Amazing, isn't it? was a lawsuit. And you know what the record is? They're 0 and 11. 0 and 11. Each one of these cases, when it comes before a court or a trial or jury, there's no evidence. They're being dismissed on summary motion, dismissed at trial. 
And this is, you know, great for us. But I think Mark Twain said it best. You know, a lie makes his way halfway around the world while the sh the truth is putting on its shoes. Yeah, well, exactly. And funnily enough, as you as you speak, it, it reminds me there is one sense in which there, there's a sort of it makes me think of Trump, which is just they throw all this stuff against you, but you you you're strong and you stay and you fight, and and that is true. No, I, I know we know what the truth is. The fact is, when I was in office in sheriff, we hired 1,100 deputies in one year. We set a record for the most amount of deputies ever hired. In one year, we had 10,000 deputies in 2020. Then they imposed the hiring freeze. And from that point, it went down. And now yeah. it took a deep dive under Luna. We balanced the budget. I inherited a $101 million deficit. I converted wow. it into a $74 million surplus. While the board is throwing rocks at me and doing everything possible to obstruct what we were doing with the department. We had the most diverse uh, management team, and we were hiring only locally. We got rid of hiring throughout the nation. We focused on a hometown heroes needed. Are you in? Great campaign. We hired all our local kids who looked just like us, and they were the ones that become the deputy sheriffs of the future. Wildly successful. And what did the board do? They trashed everything. We got the body-worn cameras. Transparency. And who actually dragged their feet on it? The board of supervisors for almost two years fighting me on something that they are publicly saying they were for. But they put us through the ringer. And that's how the games are played in politics in yeah. L.A. Dirty. It's really, it is. And actually, just while we're you know thinking about all that and the machine and the, I mean, amazing announcement, I think, was it just the other day from Kevin DeLeon, who was implicated in that terrible racism scandal in L.A. City Council where they were secretly taped having these really disgusting conversations. Um, and he's running and, and there's all these, you know, calls for him to stand down. And so not only is he not standing down, he's running again. Mm -hmm. um, go figure. You know what? He, um, he actually endorsed me the first time I ran in 2018. And then I didn't hear yeah. after that. And then this tape surfaces in the LA times. They had these columnists. They were trying to somehow tie me, to Kevin De Leon in the tape, and I'm like, no, no, uh -huh. no, no. I'm sorry. That's that classic. Is, but that dirty dealings behind the scenes, it was oh, everybody was doing that. Mark really Thomas is doing that. Yes. I guarantee you, if you had a microphone in a lot of other offices, it'd be just as bad as what you heard in that office. Yeah. Well, this is this is why they 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 come at you so strongly because you're clearly not part of that machine. You're trying to do the right thing for the for the people, and you're that's breaking the rules, you know, because they've had it their way for so long. Uh -huh. They've been unchallenged. That is very true. In fact, uh, my campaign manager of the past told me you broke the cardinal rule of the fight club. Don't talk about fight club. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, listen, I, I'm really um, so excited that you're doing this. Um, I know it's just the beginning of the campaign, but tell people um, where they can get involved, find out more and support your your effort. Actually, I'm going to send you uh, uh, a link for our donation. It's very important because we got to fight them dollar for dollar for sure. You can find me on social media, Alex for Sheriff, the number four. I mean, Alex for Supervisor. And our website should be up and running already. It's alexforsupervisor.com. And you'll find me on Fantastic. social media. And I still have my old social media from Sheriff Villanueva 33. We do Instagram and Facebook Live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. And we have a pretty good audience and it gets pretty, pretty interesting because we take all calls. 
I don't care who, and we we handle field all questions. Wonderful, love it. Wednesday at eleven, did you say? Yes, Wednesdays at eleven. Very cool. Um, good luck. Uh, we really, really, uh, like I say, I, I know everyone's just going to be rooting for you because um, you're just a voice of sanity among in the middle of all the madness. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it, uh, follow the campaign, and, and hopefully talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, thank you, Steve. All right, hope you enjoyed that episode of The Steve Hilton Show. Lots more like that. Um, We have great guests, we have great conversation, and we're following all the issues that are affecting us here in California and across the country. And, of course, so much of what happens across the country, uh, the bad stuff these days, unfortunately, starts here in California. So make sure you don't miss any of it. Follow The Steve Hilton Show on Twitter. We'll be putting our episodes on, not Twitter, it's X now, isn't it? Sorry, we've got to get used to that on X x uh not twitter but you know what i'm talking about follow us there follow us on apple and spotify wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you back here soon for the next episode of the steve hilton show